This is Leisha Holmes of Key Recruitment and welcome to the Recruiters Recruitment podcast and to viewers on our YouTube channel, Charlie Sell, who is the Group MD of the Arrows Group and also the host and broadcaster of Future Tech Podcast. Welcome to us, Charlie. How are you? Hi, Leisha. Very well, thanks. How are you? I am very well, thank you very much indeed. And off camera, I was just commenting at what a beautiful forest backdrop you're in. But you're, <laughs> actually, you're actually in the Arrows office, aren't you? I am, yes. I'll, uh, I'll do a very quick little flyby, but uh, yes, uh, out of the Fair office enough. today after lockdown version two. Absolutely. Well, for those who are listening on the podcast, he's got a very nice forest background to, uh, to show off to everybody. So I invited you on today because obviously I've been following you all year and looking at some of the incredible, valuable content that you've been sharing to your community. And I know mm. that you're a very candid um, and transparent business owner in terms of how you see the recruitment sector shaping up and sort of the highs and lows of the industry. And I wanted to invite you on today about what your thoughts are on the future of recruitment. So give us an insight as to, you know, you've obviously been in business a very long time. So what lessons have you learned so far? And, and let's use that as a starting point, really. Let's, let's look at that first. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a huge topic, isn't it? But, but it's, um, I think if I think about them, the last, the last year especially, you, you've got three super important stakeholders in our industry, and that's your, your candidates, your clients, and your staff. And the minute you forget one of those three stakeholders, it doesn't matter how good you are with the other two. Um, and, and I think sometimes we forget that, that we fixate on the, either the candidate or the client's experience, and then you forget your staff journey, or, or you may sometimes focus too much on your staff and, and forget your, your client or your candidate. So, so, you know, the first biggest lesson or reminder is just how important all three mm. stakeholders are to, to all of our businesses. Mm. Yeah, no, that's absolutely key, isn't it? And, and effectively, you can group them all as a customer. But of course, they all have individual needs. You've got your internal customers and you have your external customers as well. So I know that as a business, you know, historically, you were always very grad heavy um, when you used to hire in externally. But, you know, now that we look at the landscape going forward how have you as a business adapted to um obviously covid safe flexible working and then how will that then change the sorts of people that you'll bring into the business yeah that's a that's a great question because it's, it's it's obviously something that, that everyone has had to sort of suddenly embrace and and work out you know and i was, I was saying this on a, on a another uh, podcast the other day that I think that what's changed overnight within recruitment is that it's, it's progressing so quickly now as a technology-led industry. And I don't mean the market sector, I mean the tools that we have to our, our disposal. And so you can now offer much, much more to, to people joining the business of the industry or, or, or job changing into the industry because it's not about just cold calling, hardcore sales of, of what it used to be. Um, and, and actually what you can do today with the tools that we have is, is so much more um, impactful and, and, and influential that, you know, it's, it's actually an industry that I think is going to be a data-led industry mm. that happens to place people. And I think the, the lessons we learned at the beginning of COVID was if you embrace that, you, you can offer a very flexible workforce or a lifestyle or flexible working conditions. and. Mm how many of our businesses actually truly did that uh, this time last year versus what we said we did. Mm. And I think that's probably been my biggest lesson. That I thought that we were a flexible work company because we offered people with young families or 
where he traveled a long way away, you know, some flexible working, they could work a day for a week from home, but only if they're on target and stuff mm-hmm. like this. And, mm-hmm. and what we learn almost overnight with COVID is trust is to be given, not earned, because now your people are forced to work from home. And if you've got one eye on wondering what they're doing all day, you 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 just don't have the trust there. Mm-hmm. Um, and people know that, so they don't respond well to it. And mm-hmm. um, secondly, it takes a different type of person to be able to work in that, that type of environment. And that's not a good or a bad thing. And um, mm. you mentioned about graduate hiring. We, we've, we've pivoted pretty quickly on our future landscape because of the type of business we're, we're going to create moving forward. Okay, so in what, in what sense? In terms of the skills that you look at or the level of experience? Yeah, so it's, it's now more about levels of experience, but not, not recruitment experience. What, what we've looked at is I think there's a spectrum of recruitment businesses uh, on the market right now. There is still, and they're super valuable, the businesses that will hire people from graduate level and they're five days a week and it's almost like going to the army, a boot camp. Yep. And, and, it's, and they do very well and, and they'll hire eight to ten graduates and, and two or three will make it and do incredibly well and, and seven, seven won't. And, and that's called positive attrition. And, mm-hmm. and if that's your culture, you know, that there's many businesses that have done very, very well there. All the way through to businesses that are only going to be looking for ex-industry people. Yep. If you specialize in insurance, you're not going to look for a salesperson anymore. You're going to look for an insurance broker and, and mm-hmm. get them into transferable skills. Because of, as I mentioned, with technology now, you, you don't need to necessarily be a hunter to be super, super good at recruitment. Yeah. Where, where we're sitting is my belief is we're going to be in the middle where, okay. where we're, we're still a massive fan of organic growth. So, so we're, um, we're not looking for X industry. You know, we, I specialize in technology and I'm not looking for X developers necessarily, although mm. I'm open to it. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking for our, our employee persona is changed from people who are now second job, third job, um, their, their drivers are more than them wanting to earn a, a couple of quid in their back pocket, but it may be more about wanting to buy their first house, wanting young family, what, whatever that is, mm. that gives an intrinsic driver to say, I, I'm going to work hard and achieve, not, not because of the stick, but because of the carrot of what this profession can give me. Mm. And I want to work for a company that trusts me. So, you know, that's, that's what's sort of evolved. We, we've just probably just gone up the the experience level two or three notches and do you think that maybe if you, if you think about i mean recruitment is you know however many decades old but actually the sort of it's been at a similar position for the last 10 years or so and technology was always going to not threaten but be something that we all embrace and we use it whether you're a hunter or a farmer it doesn't matter you're still going to use that technology but actually the strides that have happened this year in particular have probably propelled us where we would have been in another five years time. But actually as an industry, we've, we've needed to grow up almost. And it is a profession. It's not just somewhere where you just go and earn a quick book, like you say, and it's a true meritocracy. And in order to do that, you know, you are going to be, you know, as an employer and, and other leaders watching this, you need to ensure that you, you're in capturing employees. So your internal customers who have got a multitude of skills. I mean, it's interesting that you, you sort of said in, in a little bit earlier on about, you know, using data, so we've got to be really careful, haven't we, that we don't just hire in people who just sit and, you know, just use data and algorithms to match up. You still need to influence. You know, yeah. we have to also be marketers. And I look at what we've been doing, or you and me, we've become broadcasters, for goodness sake. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? But yeah, it's, it's, yeah. if you actually were to 
I mean, I don't know whether you have written a job spec, but would you say that recruitment maybe is more hybrid now? I can, yeah, 100%. I think, mm. I, I actually think, I call it the missing chair. I think recruitment is, mm. is going to be around building teams that have complementary skills internally. And, and you're forever going to be looking for what the missing chair within those, those teams are. Because I, you're right, I think the job spec is so broad now that it's unrealistic to find someone who is going to tick every single box because you have to be everything from, a, in my industry, which is technology, someone who's got a love of tech, someone who, which is quite an introverted uh, mindset, someone yeah. who's got a love of relationships, which is uh, extroverted, or someone who's got a love of sales, someone who's got a love of delivery and, 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 and all of the things that come involved yeah. in it. So, so I think to try and find the, the true 360 is probably a thing of the past. I think I do think the, the recruitment will forever remain a client and candidate um, circle, and you have yep. to focus on both. But you'll be hunting in packs. You'll you'll mm. have you'll have people who love social media, and they will be thought leaders, and they will invest their time to be really public facing. And yet, you'll have other people who it scares the living daylights out of yep. them. You know what? They absolutely love having technical conversations with deep technical people and, and building a relationship far beyond, you know, someone like myself or, you know, the, the maybe a bit more overbearing or, or, <laughs> or too loud at times, I guess. So, oh. um, but yeah, you do need to be a jack of all trades, but, but, mm. but have that team that, that works. And I mean, for me, obviously, I'm a solution provider to the recruitment sector. I'm a rec to rec. So everything that you're saying there is how I think it should have always been. You know, really, it's if you're prescriptive and say, well, you know, these are the roles that we have and this is who we're going to hire. You could say that in any sector, really, of course. But recruitment, I think, has been so much more relationship led. And it's all it has grown organically as a sector. So I think it's really insightful. But I do want to talk to you, but, you know, go back to this point about technology, because I think you're right. I think particularly this year, every recruiter has had to embrace technology, even if it is just doing what we're doing now on Zoom. And for a lot of recruiters, that is not their natural forte. I'm definitely one of those. Um, so what would your recommendations be to leaders to ensure that people are using technology effectively? And what are you talking about? You know, using video interviewing, using talking about using CRM systems. You know, using various apps. Are there any sort of signposts that you can share with us? Yeah, so I, I break technology into two areas. So there's your internal tech stack, which is what the CR, what how you the tools that you have yep. to be really good at your job, which is your CRM system, your video platforming, your your job board aggregator, your 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 VoIP telephone systems, and and how well have you got that package? Yep. So for a consultant, it's easy to use. That's yep. the trick. It's got to be an easy to use, one centralized system. Yeah. And then there's also technology to think about, which is around how to do our job well, but what's the consequences of that? And what I mean by that mm. is things like Zoom. Like I'm, 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 Zoom fatigue is, I think, one of the single most, um, you know, hidden uh, mental health issues yep. that, that, that don't really talk about yeah. because it, it encourages everything from people being super worried if they're a minute late to, a, to, a, to an important mm -hmm. call, whereas, mm -hmm. you know, all the way through to the concentration you have to have, know. you know, for, for a solid hour, if that's how long the, yeah. the, the call is, because you don't, you're, 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 you're on show the entire time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's two parts to the question, and I, and I guess I'll trust which one to focus on, but, but from a technology, it's either 
the tools we give people and how to yep. get them to use it, yep. or what to be aware of if we're, mm. if we're embracing technology as a way of doing our job. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, recruitment leaders have to have had to become, you know, mental health, not experts, but we've had to become very aware of this hidden pandemic now, which I agree with you about Zoom fatigue. Um, you know, I, I'm actually really comfortable and confident on Zoom. I mean, you know, as we record this now, this is actually my sixth Zoom of the day. Yeah. Um, but I do, you know, and I, but I always make sure I've got breaks in between, comfort breaks and, you know, chance to catch up on things. But it, but it is exhausting. And, you know, pre-COVID, pre I would have thought nothing of booking five or six interviews in a day to go meet candidates. And, and you just, it's a different level of fatigue, isn't it? Yeah. Business owners are probably a, a lot more aware of, of the impacts of that now than maybe if we'd have had this conversation in March or April. Um, and in terms of, you know, f we talked off camera about sort of a community aspect of surrounding yourself with other people that you trust and you can collaborate with who are your peers. So if you're listening to this as a, an owner or as a, you know, you're a team leader, but embrace yourself with learning from other people and having external peers. I mean, what else would you recommend leaders do to ensure that they, they themselves feel supported? Because it can often be a very lonely place as a recruitment business owner. You know, none of us have ever had to steer through this and we've done it. We've survived if we're listening to this and we still have a business. So what other advice would you give to recruitment leaders listening to this? Yeah, and that's, that's another really, really good question because it's, it's, you know, we did talk about it actually just pre, pre the show. Um, you know, what I love about our industry over the last five years is there's a level of humility that's, that's, that's in the industry now, especially at business leader level. So whether you own your own recruitment business or you've gone through the ranks, you know, less five years ago or even less, there's almost an element of, of you, you had to put on a face and, and, and you know, pretend you're bigger, better and, and better than the competition. And so you can really build a network of people, of peers, you know, feeling that people are being totally open. And, um, and that has changed. I think over the last few years, especially, you, you, you will quickly find peers in the market or people who do want to genuinely collaborate and share ideas. And, and you know, as long as you keep the, the comparisons to to high level things like deals per head and average margins and average contract length and, and, and strategic ideas, mm. you're not, you might as well be open and honest. Um, and you will quickly find out who embraces that. And the most successful recruitment businesses I know, every one of those leaders are, are that type of personality. They've learned the humility to be open and they want to be approached and, you know, through various networking groups and, and even by you guys, I'd offer my time. You know, I, I think this industry, we can all do more to work with each other, be honest, be open, what's going well, what isn't. And then you do have sounding boards and you do have a network. And, um, and, and, and that, that does help massively because yeah. we're in uncharted territory. A lot of what we do, you know, no one's ever worked a pandemic before. No, no one's ever worked, uh, you know, no. um, all of this. So. In, and yeah. in an industry that's renowned for winging it a lot of the time and thinking on its feet, you know, we're, we are a very innovative industry. And what I find absolutely remarkable when I'm explaining to friends who are not in recruitment and they ask how things are going and I'll tell them how it's recovering, you know, it's because we are innovators and because we do collaborate and we do share best practice and you can learn the best from your competitors because actually you're sharing information that's helping everybody. And, you know, I think that that's where... I do think there's been a seismic shift this year. I don't know if you agree in the atmosphere, especially on LinkedIn, 
that it's gone from being not boastful, but you're showing that vulnerability. And I think that that honest set of values is, is what will differentiate you now as a business and to attract employees, but also clients and, and candidates. So it's good to totally agree with you. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, uh, like you said, we're both investing into these podcasts. And uh, mm. what was really nice is my last one. The, the main comments were actually from other recruitment leaders, uh, including yourself. You know, you, you reached yeah. out on it. And, and that was that was wonderful because yeah. then you know that you know, and again, that podcast was on, I was telling more about what I got wrong than, than right, and, and, and people appreciated that. And I think that there also is a long way to, to go to say that we can make mistakes. And, uh, but if you learn from them, you're, you're a better business, you're a better employer, and you can ultimately offer a better service to your candidate and clients. So we are learning. We are learning, and I, and I have to say, no, no matter what anyone thought would, would be the future of 2020, nobody would have predicted, but actually, when we look back on them, we're all starting to reflect as we record this in December. Actually, you've probably propelled forward in a lot of ways and made yourselves a leaner, more focused strategic business. So any final thoughts on the future of recruitment before we finish, Charlie? Yeah, great. Another good question. So future <laughs> recruitment. So yeah, I mentioned earlier, it's, you're right, it's leaner. Recruitment is going to be a technology-driven, if not data-driven, biz industry that will always need people to build relationships um, at the beginning, middle and end of a, of a journey. So when I look at the future, it's, it's going to be an industry that, that is going to embrace automation, it's going to embrace the, the ability to, to uh, use technology, but it will always, always need human intervention and it will always need people who are driven by relationship building um, and building trust to, to be successful. So I think it's, it's going to be a really reward. It's going to continue to rise and being a very much a rewarding career mm. and a rewarding place to be because the dark arts of the past that, that it was known for in regards to blind cold calling and all these other things, there's no place for it anymore. No. It, it, it won't work. So, so if you're thinking about entering the market or you're thinking about moving on from one business to the other, my, my best bit of advice is join a company that isn't fixated on, on methods of five years ago but is constantly looking at new methods to, to add value to, to employees, clients and candidates. And on that note, that is a perfect way to finish with the trilogy of looking after the customer. That's perfect. <laughs> I knew you'd be delightful. Thank you so much. And sorry about the technical hitch. Thank Not you for my end, because I'm obviously up in the hills in Lancashire. But thank you so much from your beautiful office in London. Thank you for joining us today, Charlie. We really appreciate it. Thank you.